Hello and welcome to Reset Your Thinking podcast. My name is Alex Segan and I'm really excited to be here on this podcast series with you as together we explore why you do what you do and what it is that makes you tick. You know, we spend our whole lives creating our reality and there's so much more that we can learn about ourselves and others. So grab yourself a cuppa and if you're in your car, turn up the sound and let's take a deep dive into how you can reset your thinking so that you can become the best version of yourself you can possibly be by extracting your true potential, bringing you strength, motivation and fulfillment. Okay, let's get started. It's so wonderful to have you. Good morning, Alex. Yeah, it's lovely to be here. Thank you very much for uh, hosting this event and, and putting this event on. It's wonderful. Thank you. So welcome. No worries. So just a little bit about Stephen. So Stephen um, Berkeley, Stephen is a change and culture facilitator um, who helps individuals, teams and organisations and communities gain clarity around what's important to them and, you know, where they should be focusing specifically with their energy. Now, he specialises specifically in helping leaders create value-based cultures and he has three decades experience at a leadership level across three different countries. So Australia, England and India. That's incredible. So Stephen, it's so wonderful to have you here today and I'd love to dive in um, if I may and let's get straight into it get, get our hands dirty so tell me a little bit about values and why you're so passionate about values specifically thank you uh, my, my journey into the values domain uh, started back in the um, mid 90s and I I met a woman by the name of Diane Tillman, and she was the author of a program called Living Values Education. Right. Um, and I was really inspired by this work, and, and she had created a whole heap of material to help teachers incorporate conversations on values into the curriculum. So how to incorporate um, a discussion on respect into mathematics, um, mm. how to incorporate a uh, uh, cooperation into a discussion around history um, so and they were very very practical things um, and I was really inspired by it and so I ended up becoming the coordinator of the Living Values Education program um, in Australia and I ran about um, 16 different um, facilitator training programs um, across Australia and it was in those that really the conversations around values was just amazing to witness mm. and so we would we would facilitate these events and then we'd get the teachers back and we'd listen to them about what was the impact that was having on the classroom and what was the impact within the um, what do you call it um, the room where the teachers, um, the staff room, um, the conversations changed. Um, right. And 
And so, you know, I, I just saw some amazing stories of one particular teacher was telling me she had the class that nobody else wanted and that every kid in this class was a troublemaker. Mm. And um, within a term, she turned it all around. And, wow. and she said extraordinary things where um, the kids would start talking to um, other kids if they saw that they were having trouble with a value and their, their language just changed. So Isn't it became, yeah. yeah. And then because she managed to turn that class around, then everybody else got interested uh, in the values. So that, that was a real eye opener to me. And then around the same time uh, I was living in Newcastle, and a colleague of mine, um, AJ and I, we started running conversations called Values in Action um, mm -hmm. in the community in Newcastle um, because we had run um, a similar exercise within our own organisation and we saw the benefits that it had had. Um, and to celebrate our organisation's 10th anniversary, um, we decided to have a conversation around values. Well, there was a reason behind that because the hospital that we were in was a greenfield site hospital and when it was built they brought in three different hospitals they closed down three different hospitals and they brought them all into one and 10 years later you could go into the operating theater um, uh, tea room and the staff from one hospital were sitting in one corner mm -hmm. staff from the other hospital sitting in the other corner the staff from the other hospital this is 10 years later and so we'd never shaped one culture for that organization. We still had three sets of values, three sets of uh, cultures operating within the one organization. Wow. So we, we had an organization-wide conversation around values um, and we trained um, 40 facilitators uh, to help us facilitate this conversation. Um, we got in a um, creative director who designed a film we went around talking to people around values and we used that as a basis of the conversation um, mm -hmm. in, in the organization. And what really, a couple of times when I was facilitating, I remember one person saying, and she said um, that I've been working with this person for 10 years and I can't believe I didn't realize that she values the same things as I do. Mm. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? Thank you for sharing your stories with us, um, Stephen, because it's really key. If I can just take you back to the school situation, that really made an impact um, and stood out. What stood out for me was the language, how suddenly this, um, and that's very powerful story you shared here, because it makes a difference. And I think it's key to be bringing this into the schools, generally speaking, to find the language around it. Because I mean, we don't know what we don't know. Um, and once we start to become more familiar with what values are firstly, because a lot of people, I guess, and tell me if you agree with this or not, um, or if you found this, that a lot of people um, in terms of their values are not familiar with them. So it's just they, they tend to inherit idealistic values, which really are meaningless. Mm. Um, yet when we know what values mean and we have a solid um, understanding around them and the impact they have, because they are very powerful drivers, both personally and professionally, that it can just open up incredible opportunities and just unite people, yeah? Totally. Look, I can remember one of these community workshops uh, that we ran and it was around the time the early 2000s, and I think it was Enron, the disaster, not the disaster around the collapse. 
And um, it was interesting. We had 60 people in the room and I, I think it's a little bit like the pandemic and how, yeah. you know, I've noticed a huge surge in articles and posts and literature about values in the last uh, six weeks. Not so much at the beginning of the pandemic, but particularly towards the end and, and particularly with the Black Lives Matter and um, the brand ethics and a whole range of things that were, were coming up. But back at that time, we had 60 people in a room and it was it was interesting that the number one, the value that was coming up at that particular time for everybody was around honesty. Right. Um, and you have the conversations at different times and, and things will, will be of more importance. But I remember specifically, I was as I was walking out, there was one lady, she was at the back of the room and she was just sitting there quietly crying. Mm. And I just and I just asked her and I just sat down beside her and I said, is everything okay? And she just looked at me and she said, because we just asked very simple questions to draw out your values. And she said, I can't believe I haven't asked myself these questions. Wow, that's very powerful. And, and this, this was just a two hour session. Uh, and they're really simple questions. You know, you can be around a, a leader as we had and what was the values that you admired in that particular person or, mm. or a piece of literature or you're just drawing things out of them. And so I think that the, the conversations have the power to, to really shift perspectives and that's what it did in the hospital. Yes. That, you know, that they, they, we don't underestimate, it's important that organisations have their organisational values but it's also important that they give everybody else an opportunity to talk amongst each other about their values because that's where trust builds. That's where people will have the back of their colleague because they know what they stand for. Yeah, you know what, Stephen, I couldn't agree more with you. And I see what you just mentioned with the um, hospital and it being, you know, the organisation itself, but then having three different silos almost. And silos are always created within organisations because people aren't clear. They have no clear direction as to where they're heading. And the values aren't, although they're pinned all over the walls and all over the internet or whatever, people have no idea what they are because, you know, they're not being uh, the, the people aren't walking their talk, you know, they're just sort of sitting there stagnant, meaning nothing. So it's really about bringing them alive and creating meaning around them. Um, and by meaning, I mean, you know, really sort of in, in embracing them and being the values. That's what it's about, you know. Yeah, bring, bringing them alive through stories. Yeah. And, 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 and creating opportunities, creating safe spaces for mm. people to have conversations. And, and as I said, yeah, but it's important to have had the conversation about your organisational values. Mm. But organisational values don't exist in a, in, in a vacuum. They exist within the context of personal values and community values and a whole heap of other contexts mm. um, that, that are going on. And... And as Jeffrey was mentioning, you know, it's really important um, to have different perspectives. Yes. Um, and, you know, people talk about having values fit. Mm, look, it's important to have diverse values within your organisation. Um, it's important to have people that, that think differently than you and have different perspectives. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's, it's about giving people the opportunity to have personal conversations. 
Totally. And values are also a great way and they're powerful helping us to change our behaviours as well. Because as we were talking about with Jeffrey as well and now yourself, Stephen, is that it's really important to continuously stand back and watch what's working, what's not. Mm. How can we change things? And values must always be at the core of that, you know, um, that because they are our drivers when it comes to changing our behaviours. And so they support us to move towards whatever it is that we want to experience in terms of value, um, in terms of result or whatever it is that we need. So it's really important. Mm. We don't spend enough time with them. I think it's so value itself is undervalued. (laughs) We're just underestimating the power of them. Would you agree? Totally. Look, Mm. I I was recently doing some work for an organization uh, in Mumbai. Um, It's a a large um, publicly listed company. Um, and what was interesting, that got us in to help them with their strategy, their, their longer-term strategy. And part of that as a diagnostic, I was going around and speaking to all of the leaders. Um, and what I was noticing was that they, you know, they weren't even, their offices were next door to each other. Right. They weren't having lunch together. They weren't even getting up and going around and, and having chats to each other. Um, and so as part of the strategy, you know, and they got us in to deal with strategy and yet, you know, you've got to do that. But we started it off with some, just some personal exploration questions to help them to get to know each other because they were mm. spread across the country. Um, and it, simple, again, really simple questions. We don't actually use the word values, but the questions are eliciting values. And then they use that language when they're, when they're feeding back to about what were their insights about their conversation. Yeah. And then lo and behold, the next time we meet, they're having lunch together. They've got a whole range of new projects together. Um, and it was like they were so busy in their performance indicators and getting stuff done. They just didn't know each other. Yeah. Um, and, and, and simple questions enable people to understand what people value. Yeah, I really love that you raised that, Stephen. It's so pertinent. You know, we sort of do get so automatically, so conditioned in the do, 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 mm. we forget to take a step back and, like you said, explore the individual for who they are, you know, mm. and what they bring in terms of their emotional state, in terms of their values, their beliefs, their attitudes, all those really important things, their standards, their experiences, which essentially create this individual. Instead, we're blinded to all of that and we just get into this automated, it's like you're jumping in a car and driving and not even noticing what's around you there's no expanded awareness of anything so you know bringing in the values i think is so key because then it's allowing for so much more yeah look, yeah i i appreciate what uh, jeffrey was saying um that it's all about the the spirit there's a spiritual realm here and and i found that you know 20 years ago when i was in the, that same hospital i was told not to use the word spiritual um, things have changed a lot. And even, even today, I don't need to use that. But when you have a conversation around values, aspects of spirituality actually come up, even if they may not label it as that. But really what you're, you're giving people is an opportunity to be more aware of what's important to them and more aware of what's important to the people that they're working with. Yeah. Um, and then that creates... There's a really nice um, example of this... Um, Last year, there was a, um, 
an institute that were training masters in public health students. And I was well known to this institute and they had a group of 40 students and they'd been all working together for a year, but all of the academics and the faculty felt that they weren't gelling together very well. There was a little bit of conflict. So um, they invited me there for a day and I did a similar process where we were some really interesting, simple questions around exploring their values. Now in the very first exercise at the beginning of the day, um, two of the people who were the most at conflict with each other, and I didn't know that they were, and I managed to pair them together. And, um, and so they ended up having a conversation. And at the end of the day, one of the, one of the women stood up and said, um, that conversation for me changed everything. I'd had all of these ideas in my head about who this person was and what she stood for, and it was all in my imagination. Mm, wow. And you, you could tell within two hours that the energy and the atmosphere in the room had changed. And, yeah. and, and the faculty reported back that there was significant improvement in their cohesiveness and their harmony. And yeah. it was just them sitting down and having a conversation about what they valued. Absolutely. And that's so important, which brings me to my next question for you, um, Stephen. What is your take on or what is your view on the importance of hiring them to values? Because I think a lot of organisations just sort of hire, from my experience over the last three decades, they hire just for the sake of filling a gap, filling a hole, bums on seats type attitude. Whereas in terms of them hiring to values, what's your opinion around that? And I, I you know, if you can share your view there. Uh, there is research around it. Um, and uh, the, there's, a, there's an institute for values-driven leadership at the Benedictine University. Um, and they've done some studies around this and I can provide the links for that later. Awesome. Um, there's also a number of organizations uh, in the UK um, that are providing services about values-driven uh, recruitment. So it's definitely, um, it's a trend. Yeah. I, it, we do need to understand um, through the recruitment process what the person stands for. Um, but we, at the same time, need to be clear about what we stand for. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's a matching of, you know, the values fit, but perspectives. We, we value diverse perspectives. Yeah. Um, and so we value people that are different to us. Yeah. Um, and uh, but they're, they're they're in tune. And so that's why I think it's it's you've got your organisational values, you've got your community values, and your personal values. And that bit in the middle is your heartbeat. Yeah. That's a, that's that's your sweet spot. And that's what you're you're trying to do. That in your recruitment process, you're getting an understanding of what that person stands for. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And yeah. and and so we we just need to define what fit means and I think that that is open for defining um, and that's why I like you know um, forums like this is to keep conversing and I'll be interested to for people to type into the chat what do they think when it means values fit how yeah. do they go about um, uh, determining values fit with a new recruit or, yeah. or um, you're a consulting firm and you're bringing on a new partner um, how do you determine um, that? Or, you know, a whole range of different things. The same goes with um, your, your suppliers. And, and this whole thing for me is around your, the, the life cycle of values includes everything. It's not just about values fit, but 
does your suppliers and the people that are using your product, are they a values fit? I couldn't agree more. And um, values, whether we know it, whether we're conscious of it or not, comes into the way in which we make our decisions into who we hire, who we work with, down to your logo person, down to your web developer, mm. even to the shop that you go to, whether you go to that shop or not, it all comes down to values. And um, excuse me for one moment. And without us even knowing, we make those decisions, but we don't know it enough to unpack it and to understand it. And I think bringing it to surface is so key. So, um, yes, even if with business partners, it doesn't really matter. Anyone that we work with, with VAs, it all comes back to values, doesn't it? So it's quite a powerful, um, it's quite a powerful topic for us to become aware of and to have conscious awareness around as well. I, I think we've all been witness um, with the, um, the, the brand ethics um, that happened um, with particular um, Facebook and the use of particular advertisers, et cetera, and, and people pulling their ads off Facebook um, was a real strong values fit conversation. Um, and, and I think that that's part of the current um, reason of the surge and the interest in values, that that was part of it, uh, that particular episode in time, a very yeah. important statement around the importance of values. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you. I've just got a couple of comments here, Stephen, if I may share with you. Um, yep. um, Jeffrey says, it's amazing how little the values conversation ever comes up in my years as a sales rep. Yeah, and it's so should, shouldn't it? We and it's really about starting that trend because essentially it's, an, you know, it's such an important foundational uh, piece of the puzzle that needs to be, um, that needs to be utilised. So thank you for that, Jeffrey. Um, Gordon says, I've worked for two global MNCs last 10 years and never once had a values conversation. Wow. That's, <laughs> and you know, Gordon, thanks for sharing that. And um, I have to agree with you. I've worked for many organisations or for two major organisations in my life, um, long-term employment for federal and also corporate and same. It just doesn't, they, they pin it up on the wall, but it's just not, actually demonstrated that's not you know believed so it's true all righty um now do you use a specific model so coming back to you mentioned earlier Stephen, that you know you don't use the word values per se because sometimes people you know and again because we're so conditioned to the do 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 um values sometimes people think it's very fluffy um, but it's not, it's solid. And so I'm curious, do you use a specific model that elicits the level of importance for a value? Do I use a specific model, model that elicits yeah. Yeah. This, this, what was the last bit? This, the, import, the level of importance for the value or for values specifically. <clears throat> No, not, not, not per se. I think that it's quite natural for organisations um, around them easily to identify what's important to them. Um, but it's just helping them refine those conversations through, through stories. Um, if it's a startup, it's a different conversation. Um, if it's a, a well-established organisation, they don't have um, a values statement then it's looking because the values will be already in existence within their organization. Yeah. And it's listening for the stories that will tell you what their values are. 
You just awesome. go, you just go around and listen to stories. And that's why the, the central to my framework um, around working with values is stories. Awesome. Yeah. Stories. I love that. And listening to the conversations and the dynamics, even observing the dynamics of teams, I think that tells a story in itself um, because we tend to become blinded to what the values are and we get to, we almost become, um, we suffocate with the do, do, do sort of become suffocated. You know, we can't see anything more because we're so into the meeting the KPIs and all the rest of it. We forget about them. And sometimes we really don't know them, you know? So um, I was just curious as to whether you did have that, but I love what you said in that you listen to conversations and stories. That's terrific. Do you, um, I'm curious, Stephen, um, I wondered with you and your experience, given that values is, is what you stand for, do you have specific values for your personal life and then for your business? <clears throat> no, I, I, I have one set of values and, um, and I, guess I'll, I guess I also have principles, which are just a little bit different, guiding principles. Mm -hmm. um, and my values are just... Um, I use them in all parts of my life. For me, there's no such thing as work-life balance so much. It's like integrated life. Um, and so I can see my values expressed in all parts of my life, um, whether it's with my family or whether it's my work. Um, whether there's one value that's more stronger when I'm, you know, um, yeah. in, the, in the professional domain, I'll have to be um, more aware of that. But I, what I do say is that I've been asking myself um, about my values since about the mid nineties mm -hmm. um, and they have changed. Yes. So yes. That's, that's, that's the important thing is just being open for them to change. Yes. And, I, and I do feel that it's not a conversation that you can have on your own, that if you're just sitting down in your room and talking about what your values are, it becomes richer when you have had the conversation with others. So part of this living values education um, program where I was the national coordinator for, I went to Oxford um, for the training. And so uh, there was 60 um, educators from all over the globe. Um, and so there were 60 of us in the room having conversations around values. Well, that was just an eye opener for me. Mm, listening, to, <laughs> listening to what somebody else values. Um, you know, there was one teacher who arrived, um, who arrived almost a day and a half late. She was, from, um, she was from a village in Africa and people had donated um, to get her there to get her to this conference, but she was a day and a half late because she missed the flight, etc. But she still walked into the room and she, she wasn't worried about being a day and a half late because she was so happy that she was there. Yeah. And her infectiousness just, just lifted the whole room and we said, oh, I don't have a problem in the world after listening to her story. <laughs> um, and I think, that, I think that that's what happens, that yes. when you start having the conversation, because Australia is so multicultural, and I know we've got people from other countries, countries on the call, um, and even, say, for example, in India, you've got so many different states, so many different languages, so many different cultures. Um, it's really important that you give people an opportunity to have the conversations around personal values. Yes, um, and it's part of part of the equation: personal values, community values, organisational values. Conversation has to be had around all three. 
Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing the story and for, and for raising that too, Stephen. That's awesome. I've got a couple of questions for you, if I may, from the audience. Um, Jeffrey asks, have you noticed how much more difficult the pandemic has been for organisations who don't live those values? What a terrific question. That's very Yeah, yeah totally agree. Um, yeah. I think the flip side of that, and it's a great, great question. Thank you. Yeah. Was that Gordon that asked that? Jeffrey, Jeffrey. Yep. Jeffrey, sorry, Jeffrey. Um, yeah, it's a great question, Jeffrey. I think the flip side of that is those that have strong values have flourished. Yes. Um, you know, there's lots of, lots of stories that are coming out now of organisations that were strongly values-based um, before the pandemic, and they use that as, the, as their pivot. Mm. Um, and, and really asking themselves what do they do next and guiding them in every step of the way is this yeah. true to our values because they're used to asking themselves the questions. That's they, right. They're used to values dilemmas. Mm. Um, and and that's, that's an important thing for us to understand with values work is that <laughs> there will be dilemmas. Yes. The, the dilemmas will be there and we, we just need to get used to um, uh, to, to having questions, to having conversations and dialogue around those dilemmas. We'll, we will be able to sort it out. We just have to talk about it. Absolutely. And it's building that muscle around having the language around it. Um, it's like anything new, isn't it? Great um, question. Stephen, thanks, Jeffrey. Yeah, thanks, Jeffrey. I have another. Um, Ellie, thank you. Ellie um, asks, would appreciate some examples of very simplistic questions that tease our discussions that helps individuals understand a common value or bridge the gap of not knowing each other. Thanks for asking that, Ellie. <clears throat> yeah, you can, um, it can be a simple one, as I said before, who's the leader? It can be in your real life. Um, of somebody you really admired and what was it that you valued about that person? Or it could be as simple, it can be your manager, it can be um, somebody that's in your community um, is, is one. Another one that we've used is around uh, literature. So what is, what is your favorite literature or piece of literature or poem and what was it that you liked about that? What was it that you valued about that particular story? or that particular poem. And then it's just a matter of what it brings up in conversation. And my favorite one, particularly in India, is songs, because everybody in India has some song, everybody's connected to their traditional songs. Um, and so asking them about a song and what is it that you value about, and then in, somebody will end up getting up, taking the microphone and singing a song. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think that the thing that behind asking the questions around values is mixing it up and having fun. I have a set of values cards um, and when we're face to face, I use those values cards as a basis of conversation um, and discussion. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. That Thanks, was a great, Steve. that was a great, it was Ellie. Great question, Ellie. That was awesome. And thanks for answering that. Appreciate and, it. Um, your cards sound incredible. And also too, I think, to be become more observant of people's environment because our environment communicates to, to us. Our environment communicates to others. So being really observant of what people have around them, it could be photos of family, dogs, um, whatever. And that gives us an indication of what they value and what's important to them. Mm. That's also a great way of building and connecting with people too. So yeah, being observant of all those too. So um, that's wonderful. Thanks so much, Stephen. 
Um, so having worked, Stephen, at such, you know, at a leadership level across different countries, I'm really curious, you know, what have you learned about values culturally? You know, how have you seen a difference? Um, I think um, what I've noticed, because not only with organisations, but running values workshops as well, is that the very common set of values keep coming up again and again and again. Right. Um, whether 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 I'm in Philippines or whether I'm in Malaysia, whether I'm in Thailand, whether I'm in India, values is a language which is common across cultures. Right. There may be there may be some fine tuning, um, some subtle differences about what's really important to people in that culture, um, but largely the set of values that they discuss is 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 very similar. But right. you'll, you'll, you'll have differences like Jeffrey explained around the value around humility. Um, so it may have more strong cultural preference in the East um, and then it may do in the West. So there'll be, there'll be ones that are expressed more strongly. Right. Um, the, the, those that are aspired to and those that are lived are often a little bit different. Right. So you've noticed that different sort of in different countries where certain um, countries sort of value, values is what they, they live from and then others don't sort of like, you know, um, they don't make it their foundation. They don't make it their... their um, I, I, think, I, think there's, I think there's I think there's a gap for all of us between right. our, our higher order values and our degree to which we live them. Um, I remember having this conversation, well, immediately after we had this conversation across this hospital around values. Um, and I remember the very next day, and we're talking about them, and, and somebody came up to me and said, look, I told you this values project wasn't going to work. We talked about this value of honesty yesterday, and look at this person, and gives me this story about this person and dishonesty, etc. Right. Um, and the, it's, it's a journey. Um, yes. And it's about holding the space for each other because we we slip up, we um, and and we don't live our values as 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 much as as we would want to all of the time, and that's just the way it is. We're human beings, Absolutely. Um, and so I think a values based culture respects that, yeah. um, and and we don't try to crucify somebody once there's been a a slip up, you know. The, yeah. bad, the bad apple syndrome. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And as you said, we are human and we are going to sleep up no matter what the circumstance. Um, and it is just a learning curve, isn't it? And I love what you said earlier that it is a journey because it's something that we're not familiar with. It's not something that's on the forefront. Um, it's something that we're starting to now bring to the forefront and having these conversations and language around it will definitely, um, you know, make it, it, it'll build our muscle around that. Mm. I'm, I'm liking the chat uh, from Yajja there about the importance of having conversations on a, on a regular basis. Yes. And, and, and I think that the, the real opportunity is that once you start talking about your organisational values is then how do, you, how do you implement that into all of your processes? So we've talked about recruitment and, and um, uh, fit for values. Um, but then, as was mentioned, with respect to the sales process, with respect to the marketing process, with respect to the procurement process. Yes. Um, and once you get those people together and say, so well, what do our values look like in this situation? What do they look like now? How would we like them to look like? Yeah. Um, 
And it's just about a conversation and you'll be surprised what comes up. Absolutely. But it's also in your personal space too, Stephen. It's not just your workspace. We've got to remember that we also have values and how we, um, how we build our relationships, even in our personal space at home with our kids, with our partners, with our friends, with our relatives, you know, family in general. So even mm. with ourselves, more importantly, is where they should start from, really. So values is a holistic thing. It's a thing that embraces every aspect of our life. Yeah. Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, all righty. So what's your take on, I just wanted to throw this one in as, a, as an additional, because I know that you love a bit of a, of a challenge there, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> what's your take on goals versus values? Uh, right. Good question. Mm-hmm. Um, look, our goals um, sh- may shift more readily. Um, and there may be short-term goals and long-term goals and, and values is really the fuel um, or the seed um, for which we achieve those particular goals. Or they're, they're the source of inspiration, they're the, they're the guiding force behind why those goals exist. And, and often you'll find that the, the, if there's not an alignment between your goals and your values, then there's less chance of those goals becoming a reality. Beautifully said. Wonderful. And having worked with um, so many individuals and organisations and teams, um, have you, in terms of your research then, because I'm guessing you would have researched a lot of, you know, what's what's worked, what hasn't, Mm. it's in the alignment where goals are achieved, I guess, rather than when everyone has no idea of where they're headed and what their values are, where things sort of tend to fall apart and results aren't achieved. Yeah, look, again, and I know I'm so I'm sounding like I'm harping, it's around constant conversations um, around the values in, in different situations and different scenarios. Uh, I did some work with a hospital in Thailand, um, and this is really what started me to think about this whole conversation of alignment between personal, organisational and community values. Right. And, and this was a, a drug rehabilitation hospital and they were renowned actually across the, work, the world for their work in, in drug rehabilitation. Okay. Um, and so what they were learning to do was to have these conversations in all aspects, whether it's clinical care, the dilemmas that you have um, around treatment, treatment options, when somebody's not able to um, make a decision um, how values can inform those conversations. So, so the point is, is that you, you're constantly learning how to have a conversation around values in every particular situation. And as you develop the muscle um, for having that conversation at all levels of the organisation, that's when you start to become a mature um, values-based culture. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's fantastic. Um, so I'm just going to ask whether anyone has any questions at all for Stephen. <clears throat> um, if you'd like something clarified whilst we have Stephen here. So um, whilst we're waiting to see if anyone puts anything in the chat there, Stephen, I'm, I'm curious if there's one piece of advice, I guess, and I know that you've given lots today, but one that really stands out for you more right now around, um, you know, advice that you could potentially give leaders um, what would that be? Um, experiment mm. is the first thing. And um, I come from a quality background. Um, 
and we had this terminology called plan, do, check, act. Nice. Um, and, you know, plan what you're going to do, do what you said you're going to do, uh, check that you've done what you said you were going to do and act to hold the game. Um, and the same goes with respect to values is um, experiment. Um, experiment with your, with your management meetings or your team meetings of introducing conversations around your values. Um, and, and they can be short conversations. So don't overdo it to start with and, and say, look, you know, we've got these five values. Let's talk about this in terms of our, um, our procurement process or about our sales process. Um, so introduce opportunities for people to talk about it and there'll be plenty of debate and then it will continue. If it's continued over into the tea room and into the lunch room and then somebody comes back and asks you a next question, your experiment is working. Yeah. Um, and, and then also the language that, that you use. Um, if, you're, if you're seeing a value being lived within the organisation, how you acknowledge that and, nice. and yeah. elevate it. Um, yeah. and, and that's the whole thing is, is that the capacity to listen for stories um, that demonstrate that your value is being lived. Yeah. Um, and so using, using your communication channels, you know, there's one organisation in India, they created a book. Um, and, uh, and first of all, they, they got a professional writer who helped them write, rewrite those stories and then they just published them on an email list. Um, and they went mm -hmm. out and then it just became the most subscribed email list in the organisation. And well, everybody, would, because it would be it would be published on a the, the every second Tuesday, and people were waiting for that story yeah. um, to come out because it became it became really interesting, and people were interested in the, in what uh, those values were and the stories around them. What a wonderful idea! I love that, and you know, <clears throat> I love what you shared, and thank you so much for sharing um, that advice too on here. I think it's important, and to our listeners and to people who are going to tap in even later. <laughs> watch these this video moving forward <clears throat> but you know it's also knowing that you when you're having those conversations as you said Stephen and you made some incredibly important points it's not just using the words the word values you know it's even as you said acknowledging people for how they are or what they're doing and and even at your meetings when when you can have a look at what's not working and they may be needing to readjust or shift some things it's a great way to have it as a benchmark even so your benchmark of excellence you know and utilize it as benchmarks and whether you're actually reaching what it is or whether whether you're on trajectory and you're on track and it is a great way, I think, to better manage that and better monitor that as well. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> look, I think that values-based leader put culture first on their to-do list. Yeah. Um, and, and so that means that, you know, it's, it's so easy to um, put culture at the bottom of your list. But if you put it at the top of the list, it's easy. You're just going around and you listen for stories. Yes. Um, and you have conversations with people about how things are working. And, and I think that that's half of the work of a leader today um, is culture is at the top of their to-do list. And again, we have to experiment with that. What does working with culture look like for us? And, and working out how to do that on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, you said a very important word right there, the word listen. 
And I think as leaders, and from my observation over the years, and I'm guessing yours too, Stephen, is that leaders and people are in such a rush to do things, they don't stop to listen, to understand, and to really hear um, we're just sort of listening to answer, you know, and to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and which is why um, culture sort of tends to break down. Um, so listening is key, understanding and, people. Mm. And I think that what um, we've noticed, what I've noticed over the last six months is now that you've got such a huge proportion of organisations um, working in distributed teams remotely, working from home, the whole question of culture becomes even more important. Yeah. And so it's, an, it's a total new dynamic now, whereas you, you, know, you don't have the office conversations, you don't have the water cooler moments, yes. um, and um, you have to think differently how to have these conversations uh, in the online space, um, how to have those moments where you're the, the culture building moments or how to listen more about what's being said and what's not being said about people's experience from working from home. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and simply providing opportunities to debrief. How's the working from home been going for you? Because the first six weeks is definitely different from the last six weeks. Totally. It's gonna be very different from people in Melbourne who were locked down and then free and then locked down, you know? And so, and people in India, um, uh, my good friend is in Mumbai and they've been locked down since March the 18th. Wow. Um, in an office, yeah. in a, in a, in a <laughs> office uh, complex, in a, in a building complex, unit yeah. complex. Yeah. So um, really having ongoing conversations because things are changing for people and it's very different what we have to do on the online space, creating that psychological safety. Yeah, um, absolutely. And you're right in what you said. Yeah, the gap is the gap is key to be able to hear what you hear what's not being said. I've just got a couple of um, questions for you, if I may. Um, hey. Yaja asks: People would find it, people would find having conversations one to one kind of awkward at first. What are ways we can initiate such conversations? I think you might have answered that one, but perhaps you'd like to add a little bit more. Maybe well, that. I think, um, you know, in the in the face to face situation in the office, there's there's those moments around the, the water cooler and the coffee and and, and they're natural. They have to be natural, um, not not planned, etc. And I think that that's the key part of it. I think um, people want to see that their leaders are playful um, and not serious all of the time. And so I think that's a part of it in the online space. It's it's different. Um, you know, just general inquiries about people and their well-being is often enough, but building that up over time when people see that you're genuine and that you're yeah. expressing interest in their life. Um, it, it's sort of, a, there's, a, there's a very um, good book that's very useful on this um, by Edgar Sheen uh, called Humble Inquiry um, and also a book called The Humble Consultant, both written by Edgar Schein. Um, it's, it's a superb book that that helps you the, the various levels of, of building trust um, with a person um, whilst maintaining boundaries. Beautiful. Thank you so much for answering that question. And thank you for sharing the, um, the author. So it was Ed Karshin. Edgar Schein, S-C-H-E-I-N. Perhaps you'd like um, to pop that in the chat. Um, I, I do. That I, would I'll do that once, yeah, I've, once awesome. I've finished Yeah, speaking, that'll be good. I'll put that in. Awesome. Hey, what, 
What other questions we got there? Yep, I love yep. I'll come back. Yep, to you in one. Let me see. let me have a quick look. The other one is from Stephen. Can people have different values yet align, agree on appropriate behaviours? Great question, Stephen, and great question, Yaja. Before, thank you for um, engaging. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and I think it's about the, the, the space that we provide for those conversations to happen. Um, and I think that that's one of the leaders, that's one of the, the values, one of the skills of a values-based leader is their ability to hold the space. Mm -hmm. um, and what that means for you is different. And that's probably a whole new webinar um, around holding <laughs> the space. But, um, you know, enabling as a leader being neutral um, creating, I guess, sometimes ground rules around the types of how we have conversations together. Um, but it's really creating a safe space for people just to dialogue um, and talk about the issue in a respectful way. Um, but if you don't talk about it, um, it, it's difficult for them for there to be alignment, but there has to be conversation and dialogue. But Absolutely. thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Great question. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for answering that, Stephen. Beautiful. I, um, I trust that's answered your question there. I'm, I'm sure if it hasn't, Stephen will contact me offline and, and, and tune Very my ear. Awesome. So, Stephen, noticing the time, and I'm mindful of the time as well, this has been an extraordinary conversation. I love chatting with you. Um, what resources have you made available for our audience, I guess, to tap into in terms of values or anything that you may have available for them that could potentially assist them? Sure. Um, I've got um, uh, one blog and another blog that has just gone up today, and it's largely around what I've talked about. Mm -hmm. um, today, so there'll be some reinforcements and some some little practical tips. I'm very happy for people and would love it. I would be delighted if people reach out to me um, yeah. on LinkedIn uh, to continue the conversation. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to run a free 90-minute conversation um, around how to have these conversations in your organisation. Um, so that that will be. I'll give that to Yaji soon. Um, and that will be 90 minute conversation just to see how simple these types of conversations can be. Yeah. Um, and we'll experiment it with ourselves, between ourselves, and then be lots of opportunities to ask more questions like you have today. Awesome. Thank you. That's so very generous of you too. A 90 minute free session. That's terrific. Filled with um, your expertise, insights and, and experiences. That's, that's great. The more, the more values-based cultures and values-based leaders uh, there are uh, in the world, um, the world will be a better place. And uh, as Jeffrey said, you know, providing opportunities for people to think differently about leadership. Um, I think that that's all of our responsibility. Absolutely. Well said, Stephen. Thank you so very much. And I want to take this opportunity and I'd say thank you for your time today. And thank you for adding so much value to our audience. And um, I've really enjoyed having a conversation with you. So, um, and I look forward to connecting with you even more um, outside of this forum too. So thank you so much, Stephen. And thank you to our audience for asking some incredible questions um, and for engaging. And again, all of Stephen's details, all of the contact um, details and all of what, and I guess uh, your session too coming up in a couple of weeks will be included in the upcoming email to you as well. Terrific. Thank you so much, Stephen. I appreciate it. <laughs>